Hey everyone, welcome back to Pink Shade with Aaron Martin. I have good news and I have bad news for you. The bad news first is that I have the flu and I sound kind of crazy right now. I don't know if it's coming through to you or not, but I'm trying my best to sound like a normal person. Hopefully I do. But it's me. It's me. It's not uh, my evil twin right now talking on the microphone. Maybe I don't even sound any different and I'm rambling. Anyway, the good news is that I am going to be teaming up with Mary Payne Gilbert every week for a bonus episode, a free bonus episode here on the regular Pink Shade podcast, not on Patreon, where you can go to find more bonus podcasts, by the way, as I always tell you, patreon.com slash pink shade. But you can listen to this every week. Mary Payne and I have decided that we are going to exclusively cover Love After Lockup and Seeking Sister Wife for the duration of both shows. I love recapping with her. We love talking about these shows in particular, and we decided why not just do a quick and dirty recap every week for you guys. See if we like it. See if you guys like it. Let me know what you think. Come over to the Pink Shade with Aaron Martin Facebook page and talk to us. If you're not in there, get in there. And you can also, of course, follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Aaron Leah Martin. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you want to hear any more bonus episodes in the future when these shows end. I really find all different people to talk to, as you know. That's the flavor of this podcast. I want to talk about different things. I want to talk to different people. You know, some episodes you may be really into. Some episodes may not be your cup of tea. But what I'm finding is that I do want to talk about certain shows more than others, and so I'm thrilled that Mary Payne is willing to talk about these in particular with me. When 90 Day Fiance comes back, when Real Housewives of New York comes back, I also will be probably doing the same thing with those, you know, like a separate bonus recap. But anyway, that's our special announcement. Before I actually start hacking up a lung, I'm going to go ahead and start the podcast. So here's Mary Payne and I talking about this week, Love After Lockup, only because Seeking Sister Wife was not on. But next week, we'll be coming at you again with a recap of both trash TV shows, which are golden gifts from heaven. Here we go. All right. Well, I'm back with Mary Payne Gilbert from Pain in the Pod, and we are talking again about Love After Lockup. I'm so sad that this week we can't touch on Seeking Sister Wife because of the Super Bowl. I, I mean, that's an out. It's an outrage. It's an outrage. Seriously. I mean, it's going to be back next week. And I actually was trying to look up last season. You tell me since you watched it before to see how many episodes there are. Like, how, what are we in for with Seeking Sister Wife? A ten episode season? Fifteen? Five? What's coming? I can't remember how many there were last year, but it wasn't a long season at all. It wasn't like okay. It was definitely wasn't like twelve. I would probably say eight or ten at the most. Okay, all right. Well, it's short. We're still going to recap it. So, Love After Lockup announced that they were going to add ten more episodes onto their current season, season two, because the numbers have just jumped, which is really hard to do on a Friday night. But they're doing it, and I am not clear on whether this will be truly an extension of season two or like a season three, because they said we're going to see some familiar faces, plus we're going to have all new cast members. That sounds like a season three. Okay, I think what they're going to do is just keep this season rolling, and they're going to add back in um, the Mormon and the Blood or Crip. 
whichever one that was, that she went and moved to like L.A. and Andrea and Lamar or Andrea yes. and Lamar. Okay, and I heard he was with... back in prison though. But she was like, "I'm staying here. I'm sticking with him." And they were like, "Are those gunshots?" <laughs> Her friends were talking to her. Do you remember that video on social media? Yes. yes. She was looking at the side of her window and they were like, what is that? Are those gunshots? Yeah. And she's like, mm-hmm, yeah, but I'm going to wait here. She moved all of her kids out there. Or she had two kids. She moved her kids out there. And it was, I don't know, that was a really sad story to me because her little girl didn't want to go. She was in all of these extracurriculars in Utah. She left her whole friend base and she's just living out there, and he is back in prison. So what are they going to do now? Just, like, have her go in and visit him? Maybe he's getting out. I don't know. We need to – what do we do? C-cap? How do we figure this out? I don't know. So it's that, and then maybe they're bringing back um, Ala and the guy with the big eyes. Okay, James. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> James, if you're listening, and I know you do listen sometimes, I know that we were supposed to have this interview However, I'm not hearing back from you after you canceled, so I'm wondering if you are filming. This is for James, because James and I were supposed to have an interview over the new year. He was really interested, and he had actually contacted me to do it, and I said, sure, yeah, let's do it. And then something came up, family emergency on his end, no big deal, and I've been trying to reschedule, and it's been radio silence. So I'm wondering, hmm, is he under contract again? It could be. It could be they realized how popular it was, and they're like, let's get some of these people back, you know, because right. because some of the people in the current cast, I mean, who knows how long they're going to be alive. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Let's talk about the current cast. Okay, let's just get right okay. into it. Damn it. I mean, this week, I actually watched it twice because I had a fever of like 102 the first time I watched it, and I was writing my recap like delirious, but oh, I missed God. so much. I actually just rewatched it before we got on the phone because I'm like, I don't even know what I watched, and I actually <laughs> I don't really even know what I wrote. Okay. This was a fantastic episode, first of all. Yes. I made notes. I okay. made actual notes. I made notes. I'm not even just going from my memory. Who do you want to who do you want to start with? Should we start with uh Caitlin and Matt? Uh sure. Let me just scroll on down to my notes. I mean, I've got two pages here. Oh I'm not kidding God. around. Matt and Caitlin. I don't have a lot of notes about them because it was just pretty self-explanatory what his problem is. Um I have Sam and Matt are smoking pot on the way to the job interview question mark. That vaping scene. <laughs> What gave me life. I mean, everyone was memeing the shit out of that. The friend who vaped, he was like, he just breathed in for the longest time. I'm like, this camera crew is just striking gold. Every swing of the axe, every swing of the pick, whatever it is, whatever the old timey freaking metaphor I'm going for is. And he blows it out and then he opens the sunroof and I'm thinking, I can't even believe that car has an operational sunroof. That car has seen some better days. You know what? You know what is so fucking sad though? Seriously, Mary Payne is the fact that that car had more amenities than Colts from 90 Day. <laughs> it, it had a sunroof. It had a way to get some air. Seriously. Yeah. They probably had AC in there. Yeah. Okay. So this friend is vouching for Matt and he takes him to see a contractor who he knows who is also an ex-con who actually hires ex-cons and it just is a disaster. I have a quote here from Sam. I thought Matt and my boss would get along because they're both ex-cons. Right. <laughs> I mean, on, yeah. Only on Love After Lockup can you hear, <laughs> can you hear gems like this. Yeah, they're both ex-cons, except Matt 
is definitely headed back to prison. And this other guy, who's a boss and owns his own company, or who's at least running a contracting business, is doing just fine. And there's two distinct differences here. One has absolutely no drive, no ambition, no responsibility, and the other one wants to better himself. I mean, Matt is such a joke of a person. I can't even believe this shit that comes out of his mouth. Yeah, and the quote I have from Caitlin here, well, first of all, he tells her that he's a, quote, snap case. Mm -hmm. So I was like, well, this is a new bit of lingo I can uh, include into my daily talk. Um, I'm a snap case um, (laughs) with my children. Hey, let me tell you something about me. I'm a snap case. Let me tell you something Um, about me. (laughs) And then she says, quote, I don't know if Matt is ready to be a responsible person. I'm like, what? That's Captain Obvious. Right. And Caitlin's 32, right? I mean, she's not like an 18-year-old here, and she also has a child, like we talked about before. She is sitting there on that fake grass patio with that dumpster behind her, and I'm like, there could be no more perfect shot of your life. Like, you silhouette it in front of a dumpster, Caitlin. Like, this is ridiculous. And she's- On on AstroTurf. She's cleaning the friend's apartment? What was that? She's- She's so desperate to be loved, I think. You know, she's just like, oh, if I can get Sam to like me, then then Matt will pull it together and get a job. It's strange. It's real strange. I felt I felt bad for Caitlin. It's really sad when Sam is the voice of reason in the group, too. I mean, because that guy is out of it. He is high as a kite, allegedly. He is completely gone. And he's like, you know, you got to just sack up. Yeah, <laughs> that's just we say that. Yeah, and and Matt's like, I'm gonna end up getting another felony because I'm gonna knock him out. Like that's yeah. all. That's his excuse. He's gonna beat someone up at a job because, interview because Aaron, he's a snap case, and he's you're supposed to just case. understand that. I know, I know. They're doomed. They're doomed. Okay, also doomed. Uh, Scott and Lizzie, who go to a church this week. <laughs> okay, Lizzie I read. Brings your, both I read. Tits. I read. I read your recap. Okay. And where you, and here's here's what I have to say. Lizzie's boobs are coming out in all directions of her dress. Yet she tells her kids to watch their mouth in church. <laughs> she shows up at church in basically pasties, a string going down. To, I mean, she had the she she had full. It was beyond cleavage. So, oh my God, Lizzie. And she, okay, tell me for real. Do you think she is on something or is this her personality? That's a good question. I haven't thought about it. I don't necessarily think she's on something because she's pretty consistently around, you know. I think yeah. if you're on something, she she wouldn't be filming so much. She would be escaping here and there like Tracy. Um, I think she's just, I'm airy fairy and I'm going to be like la 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 because that's how she talks like let's pretend we're making our vows that's He's why like, I question it because I'm like she acts like such a weird 12 year old but maybe it's arrested development because well literally arrested because she was in prison for so long so she still thinks she's some kind of like tween age like I don't know flirty little girl it's so awkward but this, well, she 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 pulled it together real quick when he couldn't come up with what she wanted to hear that fast, you know? And what, I mean, what I said, I wrote, Scott is sunburned and chinless. I mean, (laughs) poor Scott. I really feel bad for Scott, even though he's being such an idiot. I mean, somebody wrote, I don't know, was it on the Facebook page when we were live commenting during it? I don't know. Somewhere somebody said, did Lizzie, did Lizzie dip Scott in acid before they came here? 
Yeah. I, I was mean, like, oh my God, what is happening? Is he having like a reaction to church or what is happening? <laughs> like, it was like head to foot rash on this guy. I mean, he is just, he knows he's being scammed. Don't you think at some level he knows it? He just doesn't care. Yes, totally. Okay. And, and I have to ask you a question about this confession situation. Somebody wrote on your Facebook page something about it, about the red and the green light and the, I don't know. I mean, what that poor priest, if he could see her through that little hole, he would be like, holy bosoms. I know. I know. And she's like, it's been 12 years since my last confession. And then she starts launching into her $800,000 scheme in prison. And I was like, this is the best confession that this priest has ever heard. Erin, $800,000? I know. I mean, I that, salute her. I so I wrote it down. So Scott gave her ninety k. So there's thirteen other guys who proposed to her. Between those thirteen guys, they gave her seven hundred and ten thousand dollars because Scott gave her ninety. Right. Right. I mean, do we believe this? First of all, uh, well. Listen, you're raising good questions. I didn't know to think she's on drugs or that if I should not believe her. She's on TV. Of course I believe her. I know. I there's There's been a lot of people like, oh, my God, she could have never made that much money. But then I thought, you know, I would never in a million years think that one guy could give her $90,000 just over the course of three years. So right. I, I kind of do believe her. I believe her. I, I believe her, too. I mean, it's fucking genius and she was talking about it so matter-of-factly too like yeah an old timer there taught me how to do it here's the first step here's the second step you send him these pictures you tell him your mom hasn't paid your commissary that your mom's being a bitch to you and then you did i'm like oh my god this is like i feel like it needs to be published into a book like somebody (laughs) needs to make this happen because these are specific skills when you walk into prison, here's your handbook of how to scam guys to give you money that you never intend a meeting in real life. I just don't get it, though, because, like, I mean, you can get free porn at this point. I mean, the Internet exists. Why would you want just some really, really ratchet pics from Lizzie? And why would you be paying thousands of dollars for them? Is it? I wonder if it's because she made this promise that she was going to come home to all of them. Yes, I think that she says at the end, you know, I'm going to come home to you. And she probably promises all sorts of crazy sex things that we've never even heard of. So why is she actually agreeing to marry Scott? Like, do you think she's even going to stick around when she finds out he's broke? Is this what? I, I just don't understand what's going on. He knows he's being scammed. She knows she's a scammer. It's obvious. So what's the game here? Um, I don't know because neither one of them are, you know, made for TV ready. So it's not like either one of them are trying to launch a career as a TV hostess or so, you know, like sometimes you can tell like, okay, they're just trying to use this platform to get to another platform. So neither one of them are that. Right. I don't know. I I don't know. I mean, let's, let's just call it love. What about what do you think about the Jasmine situation? People are kind of divided on this. Do you think she's butting in or do you think she's well within her rights to be like, y'all are crazy? She's within her rights. This is what I have here. Jasmine gives Scott a hard time. Quote, what is wrong with him? And then I wrote, good question, Jasmine. (laughs) (laughs) What is wrong with him? Oh, my God. That is such a big question, though. We we can't even answer it. We've been watching this know. for two years, and we can't answer it. If she doesn't know, how are we supposed to know? It's There is like a sad level to this, though, because Lizzie 
really should be reconciling with the daughter who she basically abandoned. And Jasmine is just sort of being used as a prop for Lizzie to giggle to about her new fiance. It's um, just did you notice, gross. Did you notice they were wearing uh, two parts of one heart best friend necklaces? I did not. Um, mm, I'm looking at I the did. picture right now. Wait, Lizzie and Jasmine? Lizzie and Jasmine are wearing those necklaces where you each have one side of a heart. Yeah, where like one side says B Fry and the other one's S End. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I used to be B-Fry with my best friend, Jenny. Oh, that's hilarious. Yes, so that's exactly the one. That is what I'm saying. Lizzie is at the mentality of a tween age girl where she thinks that doing that stuff is cool. And she's not uh, She's not even interested in being a mother to Jasmine. She just wants to giggle with her and talk to her about boys <laughs> or Scott, who doesn't really classify <laughs> as a boy. Yeah, I think she's sort of like, get on board. This is going to be your dad with all the money. I think that that's what she thinks. She doesn't know he doesn't have money, but that's what she thinks. Oh, my God. What do you think about Brittany and Marcelino this week? Okay, first of all, Brittany is so beautiful. And I, I know. know that we, we, we touched on that uh, last week. But so she tells him about Amanda. Right. And he's mad about his um, space being invaded. And, you know, I, I have to say... I can't honestly, I can't believe I'm going to be somewhat on his side, but I'm somewhat on his side in that it does feel like she was sort of keeping a secret. And this is not like some pal. This is a, a former lover. So, you know, if you put it in the in a male female situation and say she brought a guy over, he would, of course, be upset about that. So it's the same thing. This is her former girlfriend in a romantic way. So, yeah, I. I I do think he has a right to be upset that she didn't tell him. And I mean, that whole invade my space was strange, but <laughs> I, you know, I think she should have told him. I agree with you. I actually yeah. agree. I mean, she knows she was wrong and that's why she's being so defensive. And that's why she didn't tell him in the first place. Now, who knows if this was egged on by producers. I kind of felt like we were seeing a little bit of production interference when he said you all knew about this because I don't think he was just saying you knew about this because you filmed it I think that whole thing where she came over to the pool and Marcelino was just conveniently gone I was like this is all set up and so I was like dying when he was attacking the producers in the middle of the desert like you all knew about this you had to know you had to know she said he's like you got cameras everywhere you had to know like duh <laughs> I know. Can you imagine? Okay, if this is Marcelino's blow up at the crew over Amanda coming over, what are Sarah and Megan's interactions with the crew going to be when they find out about each other? I don't know, but I can't wait. They're going to be like, you filmed another woman with my man? I mean, they're literally being filmed in tandem at the same time. I can't even believe it. I really can't believe that they don't know about each other. I ha- somewhere in my in my logical brain, I-, I have to think that they know something because if they don't, then then truly this is the wildest reality TV story I've ever seen. Okay, L- let me just say, Michael and Megan and Sarah, we open with seeing her for the first time on this episode by her grinning at the camera with her hair all askew saying my legs are sore yep (laughs) that's the opening shot and then michael gives a full recap to the crew a la Uh, us about what happened the night before and it is it is traumatizing for all of us 
And the producers are asking him, like, oh, but you also had sex with Sarah. And he's sort of, like, laughing and looking at the floor and is like, yeah. Yeah, he, yeah. Goes, he goes, I haven't had sex with Sarah for a minute. <laughs> I was like, literally, like, <laughs> a minute. Like, 60 seconds. And then I, I've written down, Megan is feeding him bacon. I just can't. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, this is just going to be one of many breakfasts in bed together the whole day. Megan is on the best bachelorette date of her entire life. I mean, she is wearing the poncho. She is taking the selfies with Michael. She keeps saying over and over, this is the, this is the first of many good times to come. Michael conveniently leaves his phone behind, the phone that Sarah bought him and is blowing up from back home in Farmington, New York. He is just, I don't know, what is his long game? He's just kind of like rolling with it as it goes, thinking... Eh, I'll fix it later, or I won't fix it at all. Like, what is up with this dude? Well, I'm not sure if you uh, recall there, after his talking about the sex, he said that he has this ring, and he's going to propose to her. Right. But he's not a, quote, plan ahead kind of guy. <laughs> I thought he had a Pacific plan. He does not have a Pacific plan, and he has not planned ahead. So <laughs> I'm thinking... Really? So, okay, but his Pacific plan involved <laughs> having sex with Sarah first to possibly impregnate her to make sure he can always see his daughter and then have sex with his actual queen, Megan. That was his Pacific plan. Right. And the plan ended there. But it didn't go any further and he didn't plan ahead of that. Right. He's improvising. Okay. Do, do we, we saw a glimpse of the ring and I don't even know if we saw it on the episode, but I saw it on a preview. Did you see that? Uh, I thought we did see it on the episode. I, I mean, thought, I could be mixing it up, but I thought I thought he pulled it out of his pocket and showed it. Okay, that I got a screen grab of it, and I wasn't sure if I got it from a preview or from the episode itself. Again, I had a fever. I don't remember where I got this ring picture. <laughs> so, okay, good. If we all saw it, then we all saw it. So Sarah is on social media, like, busting him out over this ring. She goes, that ring costs $68, and I know because he tried to give it to me, too. No way. Yeah. That's hilarious. So he got it at like Kohl's. <laughs> no shade on Kohl's, but he with just got like a like a like a costume jewelry engagement ring at Kohl's. Right, with Kohl's cash. Oh <laughs> of course. Yeah. He totally got it at Kohl's or some he got it at Kohl's or Walgreens or some shit like that at sixty eight bucks. So he's pulling it out. He's gonna propose to Megan with that. Who knows if that will even happen? We've been teased about Megan and Sarah meeting up for what, like eight weeks now? Yeah, but we haven't seen any footage of, like, dramatic them walking towards each other or anything like that. Right. And it seems like when they do meet up in these preview clips, Michael is nowhere to be seen. I have um, written on here, who is paying for this hotel room? Who is paying for this ring? And why does Michael have six-inch long fingernails? <laughs> okay, we got to talk about these fingernails. Everyone is obsessed with his fingernails. What's happening here? Is this a new thing that the kids are doing that we don't know about? That's disgusting. It's disgusting. disgusting. Would you would you like to see your husband grow fingernails like that? No. And I'll tell you what, my 13-year-old son, for some reason, his hair and his nails grow super, super fast. And he's just, you know, lucky that way. And I will cut his nails. Um, I, again, he's 13, not three. I will cut his nails sometimes. And about, I mean, less than a week later, I look over and they look like that. I'm like, oh, <laughs> come over here. So I know that if it was up to him, he would never cut them. So I still cut them. And um, 
his sister makes fun of him. He's like, why? I mean, it's great. She cuts them for me. But I mean, like that, you know what? That's a, that's something Megan could take on in her new role as his queen. She could, she could do cut that. his nails. She could be fingernail. She could be court fingernail cutter. Right. Yeah. I don't really think that uh, Sarah is pregnant either. I'm I don't either. I'm hoping she's not for her sake. Who Who's going to end up with this dude? He's the lucky winner of Michael. It seems to me that what I saw on social media a while back, they were both dogging on him and he was back in jail. So I don't know if we're going to continue to follow this. Um, But I think that Megan would, I think she's going to be just fine with it. I think she's going to be just fine if he's still married. He's going to explain it away. And she's going to be just fine with that. She does seem like really, really into him no matter what. I mean, her... Who was calling it a shame cocoon when she put herself under the covers and just bawled after he had to go see his parole officer? Maybe. Yeah, she was just in there. It's not fair. It's not fair. I'm like, oh my God. She had already said, I think she thought he was going to propose at dinner. Right. So. Yeah, they're not going. They're not going to dinner. They're not going. He can't even eat dinner. He can only. He could do an evening and a breakfast, and then he's got to go. Yeah. Get back. Do you think Sarah really called his parole officer, though? Or was that just like some bullshit? She said the parole officer had called her. Oh. Him. Okay. Um, maybe he did. Maybe he didn't. Or maybe she did. She didn't. Who knows? Yeah. I don't think she would call the parole officer. I think the parole officer could have, could have been trying to get in touch with him. Now, maybe not. I mean, it could have just been she could have thought, well, how can I get him to come back home? Well, this is the only way is to threaten he might go back to jail. I feel like she's got to get more hardcore. I mean, if I were her, I'd be calling the parole officer. I wish I could call the parole officer sometimes when I don't see my husband. He's on the golf course for like 36 hours. I'm like, I wish I had someone to call to be like, can you find this dude? (laughs) I mean, she's not being hardcore enough, I don't think. But I mean, allegedly, she doesn't know about this other woman. But still, just leaving overnight, not coming home. she She has a child with him. He wants to be this new father figure in the child's life. And she's just like texting him repeatedly. I'm like, I, I start getting the legal system involved. Yeah. I mean, that's what I said. I don't think she will stand for it once she finds it out, no. I, I hope. But I think I think um, Megan's fine with it. Yeah. Megan will probably be fine. Who are we missing here? I mean, we have to talk about Clinton Tracy. Are they our last oh. ones or we have one more before them? Well, I've got Clinton Tracy and I'm just scrolling through. That's it. That's it. And we, we've got everybody. We've oh, got, my yeah, God. We're yeah. good. Okay. Clint and Tracy and the ex-wife and Mama Clint are who we ran into this week. We don't see hide nor hair of Tracy, but no, she's on the lamb. She's on the lamb. lamb. All right. Talk to me. Okay. My first note is in all capital letters, Clint looks like shit more so than usual. (laughs) That's a hard 37. It's a hard 37. It's an Eric from Baraboo 37. Yeah. And poor Clint says to his ex-wife, who every time she looks at him, she just sees the the bullet that she dodged. She said, he says, she did screw me, but she could have screwed me worse. She only took a hundred out of two hundred, and not my debit card or the ring. Right, right. Clint, Clint's crack pipe is half full. Okay, For that's sure. the funny. That's the funniest thing you've ever said. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> he is an optimist. He is the dumbest optimist I've ever seen on my television screen. And I know there are people who are feeling really bad for him because they're thinking he has mental disabilities. But no, Clint has told us himself on Twitter in the tweet that his mom wrote for him. He does not have any disabilities and he has never uh, smoked crack. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, perhaps he didn't smoke crack, but he has done something else to impair his brain because, but you know, you look at his ex-wife, who's the manager at a hotel, is put together, you know, somewhat attractive and looks like a, if she's 37, she looks 37. She looks fine. She doesn't look like him she's not that bedraggled so somewhere along the line he did marry a somewhat normal person with a career so he he went wrong somewhere something happened and they actually are they the ones who have the child together because he has a boy who's like a sophomore in high school a son and i think that this is the mother of his child or is it the other it's ex-wife or late wife somebody looked this up and said clint actually has a wife who passed away Oh, and no. I don't, I don't, don't, don't take that as gospel. I don't know. This is from social media sleuth, you know, who just said on somewhere, but I'm like, okay, but there is a child with someone. It has to be that woman or this one. And I'm thinking is probably this one because she seems to still be connected to him. She like employs him basically. It's like she, maybe she just needs him to like get his shit together enough to support this kid. Yeah, that's probably right. That's probably right. Um, so when we first see them, Tracy's been – when we first get into the story, she's been gone six days. Right. <laughs> so they've been, they've been married seven and a half days. <laughs> they were together for half a day of that. Yeah. And Clint's parents are lovely and sweet. And his mother, his mother says, if I would have known she was a drug addict, I would have discouraged this. Her past behavior, Dr. Phil says, predicts her future behavior. That's right. Although I would correct you there. And 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 requote that as drug addict, because there <laughs> was no addict. there was no yeah. addict ever spoken at any point in this entire scene. Yeah, drug addict. So and he says he says to his mother, "Mom, she wasn't using me. I mean, other than when she took the phone and the rental car and the money." <laughs> That's what he says. That's a quote. And he goes, "What happened on our wedding night was, I laid in her lap while she smoked some crack." And then I couldn't believe it when she woke me up and said she wanted more. And then I cried. <laughs> and then I cried. And then, I, and then she was gone. And she only took some of my shit. I mean, when that phone call came and the wife called from the hotel to explain that somebody from a, a prison had tried to call to find him, he was like punching the air and happy. He's like, yes, like a founder. Yeah. Like, it was like, a, it was like a dog, he a was dog that thrilled. had been lost. Yes, yeah. exactly. Exactly. He was like, this is so awesome. He actually said the word awesome. His mom could not have rolled her eyes any further back in her head or she would have fallen on the ground. She rolled her eyes so hard at him. Do you, do you notice how father Clint is conspicuously absent from all of these scenes? Probably because he can't even handle like not punching Clint in the face right now. Cause he was the one at the beginning who was like, you're stupid, you know, and mother Clint yeah. is much more the enabler. And we haven't see, even seen the dad since uh, Clint's been back home. <laughs> He's probably just in the other room watching Dr. Phil swearing. 
Well, we saw him at the airport when Clint tried to hug him. That but Clint was doesn't it. Know how to, he doesn't know how to hug. So he just kind of stood there with his arms hanging strangely by his side. Right, right. But he's not giving him any pep talks or anything. I feel like he's probably just enraged. Yeah, so Clint's going to – but but get this. Clint has to go pick her up or go see her or whatever. But did you get it when they – well, like nobody knew what jail this was. they right. were calling from? She goes, I don't know. They just said jail. I'm like, what does that phone call sound like? Hi, this is jail. Right. We're looking for Clint. What jail? Just jail. Right. So he said, well, then the mom said, well, what happens now? He said, I just have to wait for her to call back. He's <laughs> so excited. <laughs> you know, look, let, listen, Clint is a hopeless romantic. You know, God bless him. He just, he's there for the love. He's there for the right reasons. He's there for the right reasons. He deserves. Right. Will he accept this rose? Yes, he will. Will he accept this half full crack pipe? Yes, he will. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, Mary Payne, my goddess, I <laughs> adore you. And you are the most elegantest woman I could ever oh recap this with. I want to tell you guys, Mary Payne has graciously agreed to recap Love After Lockup and Seeking Sister Wife for the duration of both shows going forward. So we're going to be coming at you with this little maybe it'll be a mini recap maybe it'll be a full episode length who knows what we do every single week and i'll be publishing it in addition to my regular pink shade episode so i'm so excited to do this i'm so excited that you're willing to talk to me over and over again about these shows i think that these two shows really deserve their own episode and so i'm (laughs) thrilled that you came to that conclusion and asked me to do it i feel honored that these are the two shows that I'm going to get to talk about. Only the best, only the best for you. And only the best right. for, for our listeners. We all love this trash TV. So yeah, we TV 9 PM on Friday nights is love after lockup. If you're not watching it yet. And remember seeking sister wife is not sister wives. It is a completely different show. It just started. So you can catch up. It'll be on episode three coming up on Sunday night at 9 PM on TLC, the learning channel. Well, we're learning. All right. That's right. But tell everybody where they can find your podcast and who you are having on next week. And also remind them of who you're having on this week because I'm so excited to hear it. Okay. So it's Pain in the Pod, P-A-Y-N-E, Pain in the Pod. And that's the link for all social media. And that's how you can find it on iTunes and wherever you get your podcast. And what I do is I talk to podcasters about their podcast. And so this past week, wait, depending on when we do this, this, this will be week, coming right? out. this will be coming out right after your Wednesday episode. Okay, so Wednesday, this Wednesday, I have on Dave Cauley, who did the podcast called Cold, which you told me about, which is the, and it was incredible to talk to him. He could not have been nicer. He explained a lot. I talked to him like a true fangirl of the podcast, but also I had so many questions and about how there were such so much information, how he could possibly wrap his brain around organizing it to put it in podcast form. And he sort of explains how, how he went about, he explains how he went about that. And so I have cold. So then next week I have on, uh, Sheila Waisaki, who has a podcast called without warning. And she's, <gasps> oh. she's doing the Lauren AG case. And let me tell you what, that was incredible to talk to her. It was a, I had one hour of 
of recording because we went off on so many sidebars um, that, you know, I was like, wait, we have to cut that out. Wait, because just what she does in general as being a private investigator, of course, is my, you know, dream job. I have no qualifications for it, but I would love to do that. <laughs> and we, we did talk a bit about, you know, what she actually does in all the various cases that she covers. And um, she has another whole podcast about that. And it was, it was fascinating. So I'm so excited. Yeah. Oh my so, God. Yeah. You're getting the true crime podcasters. I love this. I mean, I always, I love your podcast overall. You get such a good variety, but this is, this is an amazing two weeks. Yeah. Cold. And then Sheila Wasaki. So that's both of those are I'm super pumped about. Cool. And do you have uh, social media too, where people can follow you? Yeah, it's uh, everything is pain in the pod, P-A-Y-N-E in the pod and just type it all in together and it'll come up Instagram, Twitter. There's a Facebook um, page. And then, of course, I'm very active on the Pink Shed with Aaron Martin and also Patreon pals at Aaron Martin. Yeah, I love that you're a Patreon member, too, so you can get all the inside scoop. Get all the scoop. Oh, Mary Payne, thank you so much. We'll talk again next week. And you guys, this will be happening every single week. So if you're subscribed to the podcast, Pink Shade, this will automatically come to you. And if you're not, subscribe now so you can get everything that I'm pushing out to you every single week. And head over to patreon.com slash pinkshade for bonus episodes. All right, I will talk to you soon. We will uh, see what happens next week with Clint. Oh, bless. Okay. is Acast Recommends. Every week we pick one of our favorite shows and this is one we think you're going to love. Hey, Vanessa. Hi, Casper. Do you happen to like the Harry Potter books? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Me too. That's why we started a podcast called Harry Potter and the Sacred Text where we read the whole series chapter by chapter. That's right. And we've just started book seven, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows. If you've spent your whole adult life missing English class and you love Harry Potter, then this is the podcast for you. Listen on your favorite podcast app today. Acast is home to the biggest podcast from the U.S. and around the world. Subscribe to this show and hundreds more now via Acast or wherever you get your podcasts.